going to be fun. I'm going to try to be as interactive as I can um, with you guys. Um, trying to do workshops next year. And when I teach Bible study, I tend to sometimes preach Bible study. And so I don't, I, I know I'm going to preach as just part of who I am now, but I'm hoping that we learn some stuff today as I try to teach some things. And I know that some of you are kind of uh, at a point in your life, in your, your walk with Christ, where like this topic that I'm going to talk about today is kind of like you already kind of feel secure um, in this. And that's good. But what I want is for all of us to be on the same page. And that's why Cynthia was saying if, if people don't come to listen to the podcast, because all of us to be on the same page as as new people come into our church and new believers and just people that come from other churches and things like that, um, it's good for all of us to kind of know some things that, that we should all know so that we can then share what we know with others. Amen. Does that make sense? So that's why, you know, I wanted to talk about this and I felt it just, you know, talk, talking with the Holy Spirit and having a relationship with him and and mostly when I drive, and I always say that, but it's it's true. Um, and it's it's awesome, you know. It's 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 a really awesome thing. This week really was kind of weird for me. I, I was I had like I didn't have like good sleep this week, so everything was like getting to me. <laughs> it was like um, I was on edge about everything. So my notes were at work and my computer and. Um, we had our holiday party today at work, and so we went to like a, like a, it's like a restaurant hotel. I, I don't know. It's it's called the Odyssey, whatever. And I forgot my notes, and everyone left, and I'm like, is anyone going back to the office? And like the big bosses are like, no way, we're going home. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, it's five pages of notes, Lord. Like, I can't go home and like remember all of that. So, like, I found one lady. Praise the Lord. <laughs> for this hardworking lady. She's like, I have to go to the office and do some some stuff and blah, blah, blah. And um, So I, I ended up going, and I was able to email myself the notes, and, and here we are tonight. Praise the Lord. So just so you know, like, I worked hard for this, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I want to talk to you tonight about something that I, I've entitled eternal salvation. Um, this is a topic that divides the church a lot. Okay, do you know that? Did you guys know that? No, you know that. You guys know that. This is a topic that the church is like divided on, and I don't mean in the sense where we don't love each other. I mean in the sense where it's kind of like we disagree argumentatively and like kind of like no, this is my position and this is my position. So I'm I'm not here to change your position if your position is different than mine. Amen. It, you can have your position, but what the Lord has spoken to me is that, you know, this is kind of like for us at Grace and Love Church. This is what we believe at Grace and Love Church. Uh, you can believe wh- whatever you want. Uh, I'm not here to change that. If you have your convictions and that's you stand firm on that, that's fine. To be honest with you, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but in the Bible, like you can grab verses and, like, back your belief up in anything. 
Okay? Like, there's people that have diet restrictions, and they got Bible verses for them. Like the, you know, Daniel, vegetables, and what. You know, like, they have all this stuff. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like you, you can use Bible verses, you can use Bible passages to back up what you believe. Even though what you believe might be dysfunctional, the Bible is so powerful that you can take verses out of context and use them to to back up what you believe. Does that make sense to everyone? I'm going to be looking at your faces and, you know, uh, make sure that you get this, okay? So um, we're going to read a lot of Bible. Um, some questions I want to answer today is, can we lose our salvation? Uh, actually, that's pretty much the question that I'm going to answer today. Can we lose our salvation? There's a lot of, like, gray areas, okay? This is not like, like yes and no. Like, yes, of course you can. Or no, of course you can't. There's like, we have to discuss this. Does this make sense? Can a Christian become non-Christian? We have to talk about that. What, what are some terms? Anybody heard the term backsliding? I hate that term, by the way, just so you guys know. So backs, I'm going to kind of define that in a way, but just so that we don't use it. Anyway, um, everyone has heard lost. That person got lost, right? That person used to go to church, but now they're lost. I wonder where they're lost at. I don't know. Um, but I understand what, what people mean by that. I understand what they mean by that. But I'm going to sort of kind of uncover some stick, some things. Or we sometimes say, uh, you will know them by their fruits, right? Okay? Because, you know, we're really good at, like, hey, that person and their fruits? Like, yeah, like, come on. Those are bad apples over there, right? We're really good at that. Just, I'm not going to talk about that tonight, but just so you know, that that is for yourself. Like, are you being fruitful? Like, you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to be fruitful. That's for you. It's not for you to walk around and like, hey, like, come on, bro. You got to be more fruitful. Okay. And, and lastly, how do you and I, how do we view salvation? How do we see salvation? Is just kind of like, a thing that Jesus did, or like, what is it? Like, man, and uh, okay, let's go. So let's go to Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. <clears throat> so I said, can a Christian become non-Christian, or can a believer be a non-believer? Man, I've seen some weird videos on YouTube, where there, where where there's like an evangelist preaching to some people, and or a so-called evangelist preaching to some people and an atheist will get up and say you know i used to be christian i used to go uh, to church i used to do bible study but that's a a load of you know what and uh, i don't believe in it anymore okay and now i'm atheist Uh, anybody ever heard anything like that from someone isn't that is that strange to you guys because it is for me like to to know that someone and then okay Anyway, are you there? Second Corinthians chapter five. Amen. All right. Verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let's read it again. Let's, let's kind of taste this and savor. it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, 
all things have become new. Now we can end the argument there, I guess you could say. You guys reading it? Isn't that nice? So snowing. Thanks, Edwin. Um, so we can end kind of, we can end there. You guys understand what I'm saying? Like, it, it's pretty clear there so far, right? But um, what is a Christian? Like, you know, that term is kind of a new term, to be honest with you. Back in the day, it was people from the way. You know, when, when the disciples and all, it was the way. The people from the way. What way? G- the Jesus way. And then it turned into believers, and then it turned into Christians, and now it's like weirdos and bigots and all that good stuff, right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> if anyone if anyone is in Christ, so let's talk about that really quick. Say, in Christ? So if anyone is in Christ, what does that mean? That means that someone has is no longer in the world. They're no longer in darkness. They are somewhere else. They are in Christ. So in order for us to say, can a Christian lose their salvation, we have to kind of define what a Christian is, okay? And a Christian is someone who is in Christ. In order to be in Christ is what um, Romans 10, 9 says, very popular verse. You don't have to go to it. I'll read it to you. But Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Lord Jesus is and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not you might be, not you maybe will be, like you will be saved. So it says, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was risen from the dead, you will be saved. So all of you in here, if you ever question your salvation or or anyone around you might say, I don't know, I doubt sometimes if I'm in Christ, if I'm saved, you can you can say, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Yes. Do you believe that he's alive, that he was raised from the dead? Yes. All right. We're going home together. Let's go. Amen? Amen. So if they say, I don't know, I don't know if I believe that, then we can, you know, go deeper into conversation. But. Jesus is Lord and he is alive. That's you being in Christ. When you confess that, when you believe that, you are in Christ. And all of us here, I I know we believe that. We believe that that Jesus is Lord and that he is alive. Amen? So, uh, John 5, 24, I'm also going to read to you, says, listen to this. This is awesome. Most assuredly, like, be sure of this, okay? I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Amen. So I'm answering the question, what is a Christian? Because we got to understand, like, what is a believer? What is a child of God is a person that knows that Jesus is Lord, that he is alive, and that has gone from death to life because, of, because he believes that Jesus came in the flesh and, and saved us. Amen? Uh, this is, I know, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I know, it's like, I know this stuff. Okay. The second part of uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, he is a new creation. So if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Say, new creation. Okay, those of us who are in Christ, we are new, amen? 
We are brand new, like we're babies. We're, we're born again, the Bible says, so we're brand new. The reason I'm, I'm, I'm discussing this stuff is because, again, can a new creation become, go back to an old creation? Can you, as a, an adult, yeah, as an adult, just checking. As an adult, can you go back to being a child and go back into your mother's womb? No. So how can a new creation become go back to being an old creation? This is because this is something spiritual that happens within us. It's not something that, oh, I became Christian and my hair got longer, and that's how I know that I'm Christian. Or I got a nice beard now, and that's how I know that I'm Christian. Because if I shave it, then I'm not Christian anymore. It's not phys- it's it's something that happened inside of us. Does that make sense? So that comes with new desires, new thoughts. You think diff- you're like, man, I, I can go to church on a Friday night. Like that's awesome, right? Hopefully, amen. Um, you have a new mind. You get a new spirit. You get a new heart. You get the Holy Spirit in you. When there is a new creation. This is what what shocked me today as I was meditating more on my notes. When there's a new creation, the Bible says that that there's a celebration in heaven. Can you imagine if the celebration was a waste of like a waste of time because that person's going to lose it? Hello. It's like the angels would be like, man, I don't know if we should celebrate this one, though. Because I I know they they came to Christ, but uh, there's a chance, you know, Why don't we celebrate when they get here, Lord? When they get here, then we'll celebrate. No, the Bible says that when a sinner repents, there's a celebration in heaven. That's for a reason. Amen? I'm just having you think. You don't have to believe me, you know, but but that's what what, what I get from, from the word. There's a celebration because something has been born. You ever been at a place when a baby is born, like at a hospital? Anybody? I know Shirley's been there. And Jesse. Jesse's been there. But not like in the room necessarily. I, I haven't been in the room. I'll, I mean, I was in, you've been in the room, right? I, I haven't been in the room with, with, the, per, you know, with the woman, because that's who has babies, women. That hasn't changed yet, amen? We're still, we're still good? All right. <laughs> and it won't change, by the way, no matter what, science. Well, anyway. <clears throat> so, like, we were outside for, uh, for Ivan and Stephanie. Some of you guys know them. Uh, for their first child, baby, little person. And we were, me and Cynthia and a few others were outside, and we could hear, like, like commotion in there and, you know, all the other stuff you hear. <laughs> I don't want to describe. But you could hear all the, that, the yelling. And, and you could hear all of it, but then all of a sudden it's like a, like a, like a, like a pause, like, and then, wah, wah. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was outside. But I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Oh, my God. What a miracle. I was like, man, I, I, I promise you I was like that. I was like, oh, my God, that was Because I, I felt like a, like, a, like a silence and then crying. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. Amen. You, you guys believe that's a miracle. That's a miracle. So, so that's, you know, like that's what happens when we are uh, become a new creation. It's like, like there's. Something powerful happens. There's a miracle. And that's why the angels, they, they might hear like that quiet at first. Like, it, are they going to go for it? 
yes. And they celebrate, yes, they did it. We did it. It's another one, God. And it's like they have numbers on the wall, like one more, God, two more, five, ten more. You know, like, yeah, and they're celebrating. Just to like ten years later, that person, oh, we have to bring the numbers down. I, I'm just having you think. So there's newness in that person that ha- that's a new creation. Now, I'm going to discuss the, the like, like, well, what about that, though? What about when that happens? So I'm going to discuss that, too. I know right now, is, it's, you know, we're good. But <clears throat> this is a child of God. They have said, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are alive. And I believe in you. They are made new through this confession. And they receive him. And then the transformation begins to happen, like the growing up. The, the, what the Bible calls the renewal of the mind. Amen? It begins to get renewed, and you begin to grow in faith, and that's, that's what begins to happen, okay? That's where, actually, I would say most of us have seen people kind of move away from the things of God, and we say, ooh, maybe they lost their, maybe the angels are, uh, I don't know, like, right there, but but I, I just, I'm going to explain that later. Uh, but, but just so you know, that's where kind of the gray area is. Like, I came into Christ. I'm a new creation. And then what you need is you need discipling. You need fathering. You need to go to church and Bible study. And you need, you know, you need all that because you need to grow up. You need to be trained. The Bible says drink milk as a child and then eat meat later as an adult. That's talking about, you know, the word of God. So that's where the gray area sometimes happens. And it's not so black and white. Like, this stuff is not so black and white, guys. I, look, I didn't just, like, open the Bible one day and made this, like, these notes. I, I did research, like, you know, like, research. Like, okay, what is this position? What is that? Po- and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, no. Too much. Like, like, one, like good arguments, too, though. And then I, at times, like, whoa, hey, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> That's a good one. Like, that's a good argument. And then, oh, finally I was like, Holy Spirit, like, for real, though? Like, like you need to, Jesus. So he did, you know, he did. He, he guided me. I, I used to fear losing him. That, like, that's how I used to live as a believer. I used to fear, oh, Lord, don't leave. Oh, my God, he left me. That's it. It's over. I'm going to hell. And I'm going to go repent. And, Lord, that's how I lived. When grace came into my life, that changed. And most of you went through that. that but we all have to kind of understand, like, why, like how? Like, how? For me, it was more of, like, an, an assurance inside. But, like, understanding, like, whoa, that's what God did. Like, man, that's awesome. And I want you to become, uh, as, as, uh, as, as Kevin was saying at the retreat, because this is, like, day five of Above the Clouds or whatever it is. And, and we have, you know, this is it. Like, so... Kevin was saying at the retreat, like, we become students and stewards. So what you learn, you, you should be teaching it to others, like, that come in, and, and, and you should go. A community, when, when it started already, but, but when, I, when I released a vision on the last uh, service of this month, it's for, like, like not, not just people that come in here, but, but if there's people that come in here that are new, et cetera, that you would come and say, hey, how you doing, man? Like, how, how's How's your walk with Christ? Not, not just how's work, 
you know, did you watch the football game? Did you, oh, you went to Disneyland again and again and again. I'm just kidding. And, you know, like, oh, you did, like, not just that. That's good. That's good stuff. But, but, hey, but how's your walk with Christ, though? Are you guys getting me what I'm saying? Like, how are you doing in Christ? Like, have a conversation, brother to brother, sister to sister. Like, if you see someone new, man, you know what would be awesome? Someone new came, and we do this a lot, though. But someone new came, and you just kind of walk up to them and say, hey, like, man, how, what's your need? You know, how are you? Get to know them real quick. And like, hey, I think I have a word for you. Like, God wants to speak to you. Like, that's the kind of community that God wants to create here. That is not like... Oh, the pastor, he, or the, the guy up there. No, everyone, like everyone being a, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on. But you guys get what I'm saying? All right, so, you know, I looked at a lot of different things, and, and God really had to zone me in, and, and oh, it's so beautiful. So let's, let's get into it now. Now that we know what a Christian is, let's see where it comes from. Romans 8. Romans 8, 29. Are you there? Oh, you know what? I'm actually going to read this from my new phone because uh, I need to read NLT. So if you have NLT, if not, you'll still get it, but I just love the language on this. Um, so you there? Amen? All right. So sorry to the Android people. Uh, I got an iPhone. <laughs> okay, let's read it. It says, for God knew his people in advance. Say advance. And he chose them. He, listen, oh my God, this is beautiful language. And he chose them to become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them. He gave them the right standing with himself, or some of you might see justified. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Amen? Amen? <laughs> Woo! We're going to have to edit that scream out of the podcast. But I'm excited because, man, this is so powerful. The Bible says that, he, that God knew us in advance, that he foreknew us. So God knew you before your parents knew you. Amen. When your parents were surprised, like, whoa, another one. Like, God knew you already. Amen. God knew you were coming. Like, he knew you. He knew you before in advance. Amen. He knew you already. So, so what does that mean? That, that there was an eternal place. We're going above the clouds a little bit right now. But uh, there was an eternal place. There was an eternity before, uh, to like now, where you were at, and God chose you from within his heart and said, this one is mine. Amen? Amen? And your job is to go tell others. The Bible says that we've been given the, uh, given the ministry of reconciliation. That says, it says that as if God is pleading through us, come. As if God is pleading, that means God is like, have you guys ever felt compassion and like, like, like just, a, just a, a compassion to see people come to Christ? Like you're like, ah, like come to the Lord, please. That's what Paul is saying, that, that we've been given the ministry of, of, of reconciliation as if God is pleading. Like Paul is saying, please come to Jesus. That's what God's heart is like. Please come to me. I want you in my family. Like because I chose you before in advance. 
Amen? So he chooses us in advance. We have to look at salvation from this perspective. We can't look at salvation as a date. Amen? We can't look at salvation as a destination or a date. Salvation is eternal. It started in eternity. Your salvation started in heaven. It started in eternity where he, he chose you in advance. He foreknew you. So if he knew you before, how can, how can he let you out of his hands now here? He won't because he chose you before. God's not a, a liar. He's not, he's, you know, he, he's, not a, he's funny, but, you know, he's not that funny. Like, that's not even funny, I don't think. So, you know, he, he knows us. So I, he, he knows us from before. I, I love, why don't you go to Isaiah 43? Look at how, how this reads here. So how do you change this over here? Okay. Hey, you learn, you learn. I heard you. Isaiah 43. Amen, you there? Everyone, please go to Isaiah 43 because this this is an awesome uh, verse. And God just led me to it. I I remembered reading this before when I was, I was going to say younger, but maybe like five years ago, which, yeah. And I was like, man, this verse... From eternity to eternity. Where is this verse? And I was like, thank God for Google. And so it just, I found it. Are you there? Uh, did I give you the verse? Oh, 13. 13. 43, 13. Let's read it. So it says, from eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. Woo! Come on, give God a hand. Like, that's, that's amazing. That's a, from eternity to, you know, there was a time when earth didn't exist, like how it exists now with, like, people made out of flesh. Amen? So there was an eternity before. Is that weird? That's kind of strange, but just, do you guys understand that there will be an eternity to come? Amen? You guys get that? Does everyone understand that? Like, we're all going to heaven. Well, whoever is in Christ is going to heaven, and and we're going to be there for eternity, like forever. Amen? But before earth and Adam and Eve were created, there was another eternity over here where the angels ruled and and Lucifer, and he messed up, and then earth was created here. So he's saying from that eternity to eternity, the next one, I am God. No one can snatch you, us. From his hand. No one can undo what he has done. See, that's what I'm getting at. Like, if you can lose your salvation, is undoing what he has done. I can't undo what God has done. All right. So in eternity, God chooses us. Remember in Romans. He had us planned in his heart. He chooses us. One thing that we have to understand about salvation is, is that, that he chose us. If we understand that God is in, in his eternal state, in heaven chose us, then we'll begin to learn, like, man, salvation is more than just, like, Jesus came. Like, that was the, re- like, that was the reaction of, of him choosing you. Does that make sense? Like, he chose you, so he says, I, now I have a plan. I know, how to, I know how to do the rest now. I'm going to send 
Jesus Christ. But salvation started in heaven already. It was eternal already. And the fruit of, of God's heart, for God so loved the world, that's God's heart. He, his plan is salvation, for God so loved the world. The response or the fruit is, so he sends his son to die on the cross for whosoever believes shall have eternal life. Does that make sense to everyone? If it doesn't, like, we'll talk about it, you know. Um, this is the magnitude of grace. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Verse, uh, same 129. You there? All right, so Romans 8, 29. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. So that, this is the part, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Or another, like what the original says for firstborn is supreme. He's the supreme one, the big brother to many little brothers and sisters, okay? So God is setting up family. God the Father intended to know us. He intended to choose us for his son so we can be family with them, amen? That's what it's saying there. So it looks better from an eternal set of eyes. What I'm explaining is that, that, that from heaven God chose us. He knew us in advance. That's an eternal uh, mindset, a kingdom mindset to look at it from that point of view. Like, whoa, like, he chose me before, man. Like, that's powerful. So if you ever feel like like God's not with you or, or maybe you have doubts and things like that, remind yourself, confess, like, man, God chose me before, devil. You got to get out. Amen? All right. So what's next? So verse 30 right there in Romans. Uh, this is awesome. So... Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them the right standing, he gave them uh, his glory. So he called them to come to him. Now, first is the choosing in advance. Now it's the calling. Amen? So who is doing all the work so far? Can anybody answer me? God? Amen? So God is doing all the work so far. God has been at work. He is setting us up to be successful. When he calls you, so he says, I chose you, now he calls you. When he calls you, that's when free will, your free will, and God's will meet. Amen? So you, you have the choice, but man, like, I mean, you know, if you give a kid, like, you know, seven-year-old kid, a bowl of vegetables or a bowl of ice cream, you know, usually, usually, for the most part, ice cream. Amen? And even some of you guys will choose ice cream, to be honest with you. But we got to choose vegetables now, guys. We're adults. Okay? Just kidding. <clears throat> so, um, God, God uh, chooses us from eternity, and then he calls us. And that's where free will and God's will meet. But a true calling does not look like an altar call. You know how when you go to... to places and and evangelistical places and and they call you know come to christ and it like ooh, like millions of people come and all of that makes us happy because that's awesome but salvation and that calling is individual it's it's not like the whole group you know 
You know, it, it, every heart there, God is dealing with every heart individually. So it's kind of like, okay, me and you, daughter, me and you, son, like, come. And they have the, the response there. So when you respond with yes, Jesus is Lord and he is alive, that's when you become a new creation. We said that already. And then he gives them right standing, which is meaning you're justified. So this is the example. You guys ready? You guys paying attention? All right. So here's a door. That's uh, salvation. Amen. So you open it and you go in and it's closed behind you. That's justification. Okay. Now you're justified because you're, you're in the house. In the house? Okay. So now you're justified. Now you're walking the hallway of sanctification. Okay? And then one day, you're going to enter into glorification in heaven. But man, that door was closed a long time ago. So that's, that's the example that I have for you that, that God blessed me with. Is you, you enter, the door opens, that's salvation. Closes behind you, now you're justified. That's justification. And now you walk the hallway of sanctification. Relationship with God, renewal of the mind, you know, purpose, blah, 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 all that stuff in the hallway. And then one day you'll enter glorification with a new body in heaven. Does that make sense to everyone? Okay, sometimes we might look, oh, I said that already. So that's the calling of God, that part where God chooses us, he comes and, and he says, okay, come. And then that's when you answer and you say yes. Eternal things don't perish. Salvation is eternal. It doesn't, it doesn't perish. I like what Ephesians 1.13 says. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit. So you're sealed. That's awesome. Let me, let me say this statement that I wrote here. To suggest that a new eternal creation made of spirit by the amazing work of God from eternity through grace can be revoked. That is to say that the work that he did itself was easy. So if it's easy to lose, then what we're saying that the work that God did was easy. And what I mean by easy is not like, like how math is difficult. What, what I mean by easy is, is that it's like... Like, it's simple to understand, but it wasn't simple. It, it, God, in his wisdom and understanding, he set out the plan. Like, um, he's, it's, the Bible says that he made earth with wisdom and heaven with understanding. So to connect the two f- uh, as, uh, uh, f- uh, through salvation, being eternal, it took a lot of wisdom and, and strategy and planning in God's part. Does that make sense? All right. Are we good so far? All right, so (laughs) this is what Romans 8 said. Okay, I'm just going to recap. He knew us, called us, justified us, and gave us glory. He knew us. He already knows you before. He called you. Then you said yes, and he gave you righteousness, or he justified you, and then he gives you his glory. Then Jesus descends upon us from heaven to bring salvation He dies for us on the cross. Jesus gives his life. And then, you know, everything changes for everyone now. So now you can go and preach salvation to everyone. Okay. Let me ask you guys a question. See if you can answer it. Okay. Was Jesus killed or did he give his life? Amen. 
Anybody say any different? Huh? You say both. Good answer. Okay. This is where, just fill me on this, okay? Just hold on. Hold on. You looked at me like. <laughs> Dean was like, what? So check this out. There's verses in the Bible that say that Jesus were, was murdered. Like, you can read it. He was killed. It says that the soldiers took him, they flogged him, and they killed him, right? But at the same time, there's verses in the Bible where he says, no one takes my life. I give it, okay? So what's happening here is earth is meeting heaven. So on earth, the people are angry. That's their heart to kill. And heaven is saying, I'm giving the life. So when they, the two meet, the, the awesome sacrifice of Jesus happens, and we receive salvation from heaven. Do, do you get what I'm saying? So have you guys ever heard that song? Like, yeah, you have. What am I saying? He loves us. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says, heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. The reason that lyric is in there is because of that moment where Jesus dies for us. He's giving his life, but earth in their heart are taking his life. So the will of man and the will of God meet, and it's a sloppy wet kiss at that moment. But something beautiful is birthed out of it, which is our salvation, which, which will, oh, heaven will always win. Does that make sense? So, does God choose us, or do we say yes? Waldo, what do you think? Does God choose us? He chooses us? Josh, what do you think? Does God choose us, or do we say yes? I mean, I just gave you the answer, essentially. Yes, Dini? Both. Anyone else agree or disagree with Dini? Someone attack her? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes? You say both? What do you say, Kev? Both? Kevin looks away. Let me look at my Bible. Let me check my Bible. Both, uh, I think. Carlos, what do you think? You say both? Sister, what do you think? Both too? JJ, what do you think? Both? So does he, does he choose us or do we say yes? I think it's a little both. But heaven always wins. Heaven won, like the sloppy wet kiss. I just gave you the illustration. Heaven won, like salvation won. The people thought, oh, we're killing this man because of this and this and that, right? That reason. That was their heart. That was the earth heart, okay? But we needed that heart to happen because we needed salvation. And salvation, but heaven and its, and its wisdom, God in his wisdom and understanding he met people's heart, but turned it into a good, everything works out for good for those who love. Like everything works out for good in God. So the same thing, God chooses us. Then he calls us. Then he justifies us. And then he glorifies us. But in the choosing and in the calling, that's where, where we say yes. Amen? Because there has to be a yes from us. There has to be a yes from us. Does that make sense to everyone? He chooses us and we say yes. And then he, he, he chooses us, then he calls us, we say yes, then he justifies us. Okay, go to John chapter 10. The Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life, and they will not perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Let's read it again. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Amen? So, that's Jesus. I don't have to say any much further. Sheep will be sheep, and they will follow him, and he chose them, and they, no one will snatch them out of his hand. Amen? John chapter 17. Verse 24. Father, I want these who you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. Wow. That's God showing like, you know, that he loved Jesus before the world began. He loves us the same way. And Jesus, this is the heart of Jesus. I don't know if you heard the words, what he said, but he says, I want them to be where I am. That's the desire of God. So then, how can someone seemingly walk away from Christ or stop believing and become an atheist, as I explained earlier? Have they not lost their salvation, essentially? Because, as I said, I've, I've heard people say that and, and claim that. Um, but I, th- I personally, this is what I, th- what I think, again, this is just me, okay, what, I, what I've been learning from the Lord, and, and you take it. I think there's a difference between losing faith and, and rejecting Jesus. I'll give you the example that God gave me and the example of Peter and Judas, okay? Both of these people messed up, like, big, okay? Peter denies Jesus. You guys remember that? Maybe you even watched the movie. But what the Bible says, he says, uh, it says like this. It says that Peter denied him three times. On the third time, it says that he was, I'll say it in our language, okay? He was swearing up and down that he didn't know Jesus. And it says that he was cursing. Like, I swear I don't know that man cursing about Jesus. This is what Peter did. Are you with me? And he leaves, and whew, that's big. Judas, very bad as well, sells basically the location where Jesus is, betrays Jesus, gets some money, goes over, kisses him on the cheek, and says, basically, hey, this is the guy. Peter, in my opinion, I believe he just lost faith. We all have some times where we just lose faith, and I'm sure you guys have used some words, too, as well as I have. Amen? All right. But I believe that what Judas did is he, he never received and, and believed who Jesus was. He rejected Jesus. When you reject Jesus, you reject heaven, you reject salvation, you reject the, the, the choosing before. Peter lost faith, and then he came back. And Jesus, oh man, Jesus is so wonderful. Hey, Peter, do you love me? You know, do you love me, Peter? You know what Jesus was saying is like, hey, I know you denied me. And I know you even cursed. Like, I know this. But you know what? You love me. So I want, I want you to hear you say it. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do, Lord. Peter, three times. What was he saying? What was he doing? 
And why did he need to do it three times? It's almost like therapy. Like, like I want you to hear that you, you actually love me. And what you did to deny me was just a momentary thing. It was just a, a, a loss of, you know, like you had a moment, okay? Judas rejected Jesus. He said, no. This is, reminds me what Jesus is talking about the seed, right? The seed on the wayside, the seed in the thorns and the bushes and the seed in the good soil. Some seed, you know, starts to grow, but it gets choked or, or some seed lands on the, on the roadside, on the wayside, and the birds come and pick it up. That's exactly what it is. So this backsliding term is basically what happened to Peter, that he lost some faith and he said, and, you know, I don't even know if that's God. Like, no, I don't know him and blah, blah, blah. I don't like the term because it's almost like like you're leaving God. And what 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 Jesus was saying uh, to Peter was, do you love me? He was saying you never we never disconnected. You get what I'm saying? That's why that's why the whole backsliding thing is like almost saying like, well, you're not in in Jesus anymore. Like you you you, you slid, did you slid down the playground thing? You slid down. You're out. You're not with us anymore, but I, I don't think that's God's heart. I think God's heart is like, you're, you're my son, you're my child. You, you love me, and I love you. Amen? So, they, uh, first John 2.19. Uh, don't, you don't have to go to it. Can you put it up, uh, Edwin? First John 2.19. This is, this is John, the, the, the guy who used to say, uh, you know, I am the beloved of Jesus, like Jesus loves me. I'm his favorite, basically. He says this. This is the translation on this one, but uh, instead of churches, the normal translation will say these people left us. These people left our churches because they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left us, it proved that they do not belong with us. So when you see, like, oh, that person lost their, like, they can lose their salvation it's just that people, they're rejecting Christ. They may do Christian stuff, raise their hands, clap, but in, they're not letting God, like they're not saying yes, they're saying maybe. You get what I'm saying? So that, that's why John says that. He's explaining that. There's a lot of verses where seemingly God is saying that he'll cut you off, that, um, you know, uh, that, that you can be taken off of the, the, the tree, like, like the, the, you know, we were put in the tree as branches, but the Jews were taken off, and, and you can be taken off as well. What happened in the Church of Romans is because there was a mix of Jews and Gentiles in that church that were Christian, the Gentiles started, like, thinking they were all bad, you know, like they were all cool. So, like, they started saying, well, you guys rejected Jesus, so therefore, you know. We're better than you guys now. And the Jews were like, no, like, like we have Abraham and Moses. Are you kidding? Like, that's our God and our Messiah. That's what we were waiting for. And so they kind of got into this thing. And so Paul was like, look, like, you guys messed up as Jews. You as Gentiles don't think that, like, don't, don't think like that, basically. And so he's giving them a lesson, but it's not doctrine. Because if it was doctrine, then we would have to say that it contradicts everything that we just read right now. Where Jesus says that no one can snatch him from eternity to eternity. I am God. No one will snatch you. You, you know, we would, have to, we would have to say that the Bible contradicts itself, but it doesn't. 
It doesn't. It, this was a lesson that Paul was teaching the Romans because in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, where it talks about it, it says that, that his calling and the gifts are irrevocable, meaning that you can't lose your calling or your gifts. So why would Paul say that in the same chapter where he's saying that you can, you can be cut off? The reason he was saying that is because he was trying to teach a group of people a lesson. It was not, he was not setting doctrine. Does that make sense to everyone? Now, you still have a choice, brothers and sisters. You still have a choice. You can live a life saying, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose Christ. What he has done, I can lose it. You can live that life if you want. That's your choice. And, and you might have a lot of Bible verses to back it up. Maybe well, not a lot, but some. Or you can say, he chose me in advance. He knew me before. My parent, before I knew me, he knew me. He called me, he justified me, and he's glorifying me. You can choose to live that truth. For me, I think I, I was driving with my mom one day, and we were discussing this, this topic, and I said, Mom, do you think I can ever stop being your son? No matter what I did, do you think I can stop being your son? She's like, nope. I, have you heard the moms of, of like, of people that do like mass shootings, of really bad people that we consider bad people? Have you heard the moms in their interviews? I still love him. That's my son. I'll never, he'll never stop being my son. I'm like, wow, if they can be good. God is good. As I asked them the other day, God, how are you? I'm always good, son. (laughs) That's our God, guys. We can never stop being now. That's why I had to define what a Christian is, who is in Christ, what they did, how they got in there, how they got in in, in the kingdom, how we all got in through his grace. And we had we saw the bowl of ice cream. We were like, yes, you know, it's grace. He loves me. Wow, this is awesome. And, And we became a new creation and a new creation. As we read in Isaiah, it can't be undone. It cannot be undone. The angels celebrated already like. You guys are with me? So, God wants you to feel secure in him. He wants you to feel confident in him. How a father or mother thinks of their children. You know, like Jesus said, like, you know, I'll protect these like a, like, you know, like a hen protects his, his, his little chicks. I'll protect their under my wings. Like, I'll, he wants you to feel secure. And I know that most of you here feel secure. My point is... If you have moments where you, where you don't, like now you know why, and now you know what you can do and say, no, God chose me before I'm his. And other people are going to come. And maybe, maybe they're going to be new believers, but I have a feeling that there's going to be people that are going to come from other places hurt from religion. And it's our duty, it's our job as I'm preaching other things that you as a community talk with each other and say hey no look check out romans chapter 8 verse 29 through 30 he chose you in advance and he called you this is grace